The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Dixon & Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. We're living in one of the most unique times in history when it comes to real estate. So today, Ben and I bring on an expert to help decipher this market and help give our listeners the edge they may need. Welcome back to the Financial Edge Podcast. Welcome back to the Financial Edge Podcast. My name is Tyler Schweiger. Joining me is Ben Schamberger. Good morning. Recently minted certified financial planner. I'm going to keep bringing that up, man. <laughs> Just got to. And we're excited today. We have a very special guest on the show, kind of going back to that you know, beyond the numbers right. segment where we're going beyond the home buying experience. And we're bringing on today a real estate agent that has over 15 years of experience in the Winston-Salem and Triad markets. We're very excited to have Jonathan Key on the show. Jonathan, thank you for being here, sir. Hey, I'm excited to be here. I've never done this before. Uh, I've <laughs> been okay. often told I have a face for radio, but not so much the voice for it. So <laughs> I'm, we'll have to see how this goes. So we are excited to be able to talk through some of the different topics. I know when we're working with our coaching clients, we have a lot of times where our clients are asking us questions, especially about the home buying market right now because it's just crazy it's crazy out there it is and so we are been like i think we've been wanting to bring on somebody to the show for a sure. while just to be able to start asking some questions and start getting some answers on some things that i know we're addressing and i can't go anywhere without hearing something about the real estate market right now right yeah I, uh, with lumber prices so high as well i heard about people selling houses for parts now so that's uh, that's a new new aspect to our market but i have never heard have i haven't heard that one yet either well, that's more of a joke, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it. Like, oh, I, I, I could, I could see that for like you know some of those old foreclosures or something like that, there or you the, go. the abandoned homes. They for, got good bones. We'll take yeah. them somewhere else. There so. you go. Well, all right, let's dive into this a little bit, Jonathan. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you started. I mean, you said yep. you you you've been involved in real estate for fifteen years. You you started right out of college, I believe, correct? Yeah. So I was born and raised here in Winston Salem, okay. um, and uh, you know, graduated high school uh, from a small small private school here. And uh, went to Wingate University and graduated from there in 2005 okay. uh, with a business management degree and uh, started real estate school that summer. And, and so it was, uh, I was 22 years old. I looked like I was 16 years old and um, didn't have any money to my name. And, and most of my friends, you know, were just, just out of college or, or just shortly been out of college. And so they didn't have any money either. So, yeah, starting real estate with a, being a 100% commission business was, yep. uh, was a big jump, was a leap for me. Unfortunately, um, I was blessed to have you know great family in the area, and, and had another little part time job for a while there just to just to keep some income coming in. Um, but yeah, I went ahead and got my broker license that summer as well because North Carolina was was going to become an all broker state. It was not at the time, uh, but now North Carolina is an all broker state. So there used to be sales agents, okay, and then and then there were brokers, and so we were going. So we had to take a little bit more education at the time, uh, pass another test uh, to become a real estate broker in the state of North Carolina. So. Gotcha. All right, so now going from college and then moving directly into, you know, you, you graduate. What was your degree in? Hey, I was business management um, with a minor in communications. Okay. Yeah. And then to decide to go into real estate a few months after that, like what was the the thought process as you were making that decision? Yeah, um, well, in the flipping houses and investing in real estate was something that had, that had appealed to me for a while. Um, but I needed capital to do those things. And so I decided to, to, you know, get my real estate license to, to sell and buy real estate for other people. 
um, and just fell in love with it. Uh, and I'd still do some real estate investing and things on the side. Um, but, you know, helping other people buy and sell real estate really became a passion of mine, um, you know, very early on. And, and there's, you know, there's, I can't say there's not bad days here and there. Anytime you're dealing with people, you're going to have, you know, good and bad days. But uh, overall, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a fantastic career. Jonathan, I know uh, one of the questions that we've been getting most often from clients recently is, is what's really happening with the marketplace here locally? And so let's just start there. What are your thoughts about what's happening in the, in the marketplace locally and maybe even on a national scale? Yeah, and I obviously deal more with local. Um, we hear things about other markets in our market and how it, you know, will will go a little bit behind the Charlotte and Raleigh market, those type of things. Uh, but right now, inventory is very, very low um, with any you. you you get that with interest rates being low as well. You know, homes are, they're still affordable because the interest rates are low. People are upping their price point because now, you know, since about a year ago or so when interest rates came down so much, um, you can afford a little bit more house for the same payment. Um, and so, you know, inventory is at an all-time low. Um, we can go over some of those numbers now if you want yeah, to do that. Yeah. Um, I did bring some of those with me, but um, so in our market and our MLS, which I'll be quoting, covers, you know, Forsyth and Guilford and, you know, parts of 10 surrounding counties, if not all of those surrounding counties. And so just for a point of reference, um, in, in, so let's go back to March 2018. Sure. In our MLS, we had 5,673 homes for sale. So you move that forward to 2019, and both of these were starting a climb. You know, these were good years in real estate. This was yeah. not a slow year. Um, but January of 2000, let's see, March 2019, there were still about 5,000. This was 4,900 homes for sale in March 2019. Moved ahead to March 2020. Once again, a little bit odd because of the pandemic year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just starting that. We, we still had almost 4,600 houses for sale. So now, I mean, you, you know, it's on the downward trend there. But if you look at March 2021, we have 1,627 houses for sale. Whoa. And so obviously with, you know, the demand still being, you know, even if it was even, we just have so much less supply. That's what's driven prices up. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. And if you look at the sales price, the average sales price um, back in, you know, we'll go back to, uh, again, March 2018, it was about mm-hmm. 195000 Okay. Uh, March 2020, uh, or I'm sorry, 2019, it was 198 so it rose a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, March 2020... It was 215, 279. So we put, took a, a big jump, you know, 2019 and 2020. It was 215, 279. And, but you come to March of this year and, and a huge jump. We're at 241, Whoa. 574. That's a huge jump. That's massive. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you pair that so people have more equity in their home. Right. So they've got more to put down with low interest rates and then rent prices going through the roof and a, and a, and a general lack of, of availability for rental homes as well. Um, you can see what is, you know, why this market is so crazy right now and why people are having such a hard time finding a home. Yeah, I, I know. So my fiance and I have been in that process and like there has been a couple of places that we go and we, we put, I think, three or four offers on houses, you know, nothing. Yeah. And that's the story I'm hearing often. I think on average now, now we're having to put about six offers in um, yep. before a client gets a home. Um, and we look in the first couple of offers usually as a learning process, you know, mm-hmm. the buyers are coming in and thinking that, that they're not used to this market. You know, we, we've gotten used to it a little bit more, but as realtors still, we're, we're learning this market as well Definitely. because it's changing so rapidly. So, so maybe this actually plays into a question and this question might be premature. I know we've got several different ones that we wanted to ask you, but like, what kind of advice are you giving, particularly buyers, you know, in this kind of a market right now? So uh, multiple things, but you got to be patient. 
um, you know, it's hard to be really picky in, in most price points of the buyers that we're working with. If you're, if you're dealing 500 plus, you know, you can be a little bit pickier. Um, so be patient. Um, don't fall in love with a home. Um, and I know that's hard to do because you're thinking about raising a family there or, or having your family move there from out of state or, or whatever it may be. And, and all the memories are going to be there, but you're going to make a better financial decision if you, if you're not doing that with emotion. Um, once again, very, very hard to do. Hmm. Um, that's really good. Advice. But yeah. hire a good realtor. Um, you know, hmm. people know people who are working with other people and, and they've got experience. They know when things are coming. They know when you're overpaying and you're going to regret it. What would you say is the primary difference of working with a realtor versus, you know, doing it yourself? Like if somebody's out there and they're like, man, the real estate market is really hot right now. I just feel like I could sell my house on my own. Like, sure. Or, you know, I could just buy something on my own. Like yep. what's the benefit of the difference of working with a realtor? Well, and versus, so yeah. sellers typically, the benefit, the supposed benefit to a seller is not paying commission. And, and so you're looking at a large amount of money there that you're trying to save. And I understand people trying to save money. That's obviously we, we all try to save money. That's, mm-hmm. There's no question about that. But there's several big downsides to that as well. We all know the competition drives prices up. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the free market is usually the best place to go. So, if yeah, you put a sign in your front yard and you put your home on Zillow. That's, that's all well and good. But you have no idea who's going to be coming through your home. So that becomes a safety aspect. So you're going to be in your home, you know, showing it to who knows who when you can show it. So the problem that we see a lot of times with that is we'll call you to set an appointment. And, well, I, I can show it to you uh, Friday after I get off of work at, at 7 o'clock. And so the buyers don't have time to wait for that stuff. They may be in town. So, And then you, you don't know who's coming in your home. And, you know, so anybody who's coming in there may not even be a legitimate buyer. Uh, it right. could be anybody who's not pre-qualified, not pre-approved, doesn't have the money to buy your home, just scouting it out. So um, so that that's one thing. You also have um, – there's a, a big convenience factor. You know, you mm-hmm. can go to work. Your home is being shown. You know you have a licensed – vetted real estate broker who has vetted the buyer who's in your home and knows that they should be pre-qualified before they're even showing them homes. They know that what the CDC guidelines are right now. That's a, that's a big deal because we don't, you don't want Definitely. people coming in your home and, you know, touching all your doorknobs and, you know, everything like that, that are um, doing that. Uh, but money is to me the biggest thing. I can tell you an example of, of one time I had a, somebody contacted me. They had their home for sale by owner. They were doing, you know, what they could do. They had it on Zillow for $200,000. Uh, the only offer he got was for 190. It just wasn't, and that guy couldn't even provide a proof of funds or you know a pre-approval letter. Right. So we listed. And he said, "Well, what do you think we should list it for?" I started running the comps. We listed for 229.9 and sold it within 10 days for 227.5. And wow. so the six percent or three percent, whatever it may be, that he was trying to save in that yep. situation, he, we got him that much more, and he actually netted about ten thousand dollars more than he was asking after mm-hmm. he paid commission, and he couldn't get it sold himself. Yeah. Um, and obviously just the factor of, you know, we can do all the contracts for you, whether, you know, so, and we know how to protect you to, to share the risk between the buyer and the seller. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the seller does get non-refundable money in most of our contracts so that they're taking their home off of the market. They're going to get money to do that, to cover their expenses, to make sure that the buyer has skin in the game and they're not just going to walk away mm-hmm. for on a whim. Um, you know, we'll be setting everything up with the attorneys. We're making sure the buyers are pre-qualified, you know, all those kind of things that you don't have to worry about. And then once again, we, you know, we know who's coming in your home and, uh, we know that they should be in your home as opposed to you know, anybody off the street that you don't know who they are. Yeah. So that was just a couple of the, a couple of the big ones. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And from a buyer side, so most serious buyers are working with a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Most of those buyers have signed a contract with that real estate agent saying that they're going to pay them, you know, a lot of times 3% range. And right. so if you're either going to pay that 
as a seller, they're going to ask you to pay that 3% anyway. And if they don't, that buyer's going to have to come up with that 3% out of their pocket. Right. A lot of buyers don't have an extra 3% after putting a down payment down and paying closing costs. So, you know, that's, that's just another thing to think about. To that point, the, the thing that I was thinking about as we were talking is, man, I, you know, you see so many people who they want to be able to do it themselves and then they're trying to figure out, okay, you know, do I work with a realtor? Do I do it myself? What are some of the questions if somebody says, you know what, I probably should work with a realtor, but I don't even know where to begin? Sure. What are some of those questions they should be thinking about and then they should be asking to interview a good realtor? Absolutely. So um, the biggest question that, that I try to, when I'm, you know, somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want a realtor, you know, but I'm going to Boone or I'm going, you know, anywhere in this. What do what I look for if I was looking for a realtor, knowing what I know, being in the business for 15 years? The, the first question I'm going to ask is, are you full time? Um, if you're not full time, you know, that's, that's an issue. Um, and I know we all have to start somewhere. Don't get me wrong, but I've, I've done deals with people who have other jobs and it is a nightmare. Uh, they are not doing their sellers a service, uh, you know, the, the service that they are supposed to be. Uh, I did a deal with a teacher one time. She was in the middle of exam week. She couldn't talk on the phone, um, until about four o'clock in the afternoon. And, and you do, I've done deals with nurses. Same thing. It's like they go on 12 hour shifts. A lot of times they can't talk on the phone. And so from a buyer's side, if you're, if you're realtor, can't show you houses in this market almost instantaneously um, or at least within 24 hours you're going to lose a lot of those houses um, and if you can't talk on the phone then you're, you're really just doing your buyer a disservice and not all you know we all love our nurses and our teachers I don't want to pick on them and they're they're you know great people doing great things um, but they probably shouldn't be a realtor during the school year well, that's, <laughs> um, that's a solid consideration yeah yeah definitely so, so beyond that, um, experience comes into play. And once again, we all start somewhere. It doesn't mean you're not good at your job, but w- with experience, you know, comes knowledge. And, you know, the, for the first three years, I think I, I didn't do a deal where I didn't learn something new for those first three years, you know, and, and just knowing how to, uh, you know, overcome obstacles in a deal, knowing and, and putting a good team around you. So knowing which lenders are going to get the job done, knowing which insurance agents and home inspectors and termite inspectors and all these kind of things are going to do what they say they're going to do and for a good price. And so just just experience uh, beyond that. Um, as far as from a listing side, um, you know, do you have a team with you? And it's from buyer side too. If you go on vacation, do you have somebody covering for you? Whether that's a team or whether that's somebody who benefits from you doing well in real estate. So if I'm out of town, you're still getting the service that you need to get, and I've got somebody apprised of what's going on, uh, and that also you know benefits from me doing well and from you having a good experience. Um, so that matters. And then from a listing side, you know the marketing strategy. Where are you marketing? How are you marketing? Are you good at marketing? Um, you know, and are you pricing homes properly? Because, you know, pricing and pictures are two of the biggest things we can do to marketing. And so you price a home right and you get good pictures, you know, that's getting people in there. Once you get people in the house, the house is going to have to sell itself. Um, you know, you know, there's obviously some things we can do to, you know, help the house do that as well. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll fully admit that there's been plenty of times that I've, I've looked on like, you know, realtor.com or Zillow and, uh, you know, I can definitely tell when people have taken the time with their photos or mm-hmm. hired it out. And those those houses are so much more attractive than when somebody's just taking something with like an older phone yeah. or and posting up whatever they can. And so it's like a little blurry. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's yeah. well worth the money spent uh, that we spend for professional photography. And, and the vast majority of our homes, we do have professional photography done because it does make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if it's a very small home that we know is going to sell in 24 hours and you don't have large rooms, you don't have vaulted ceilings, you know, there's no exterior thing to speak of. You know, we've got a pretty good camera on site as well that we can get, you know, decent pictures with. 
but anything that that we you think may sit there for a minute or two um you know it's definitely worth paying for us to get those professional photos done makes us look better as well so along those lines with what you'd mentioned about paying a professional photographer as a potential cost for say like a seller like what are some other potential costs that are involved with whether you're buying like on the buying side let's start yeah let's start with the buying side first if you're a buyer what are some costs you should anticipate going into the process yeah, so uh, I mean, down payment is is usually the biggest one. There are certain loans out there still where you can get 100% financing. From a in a market like this, where you have multiple offers on a lot of these, if if a seller sees that you have 100% financing, they're going to say, well, this person may be less likely to be able to come up with a difference if the loan doesn't appraise. And so we're not advising people use finance, you know, 100% financing unless they need it. Um, but so down payment is the big one. Closing costs is the next one. Closing costs typically come in around 3% of the, of the purchase price. And a lot of that depends on what type of loan you use, who your lender is, you know, those type of things. FHA, VA loans tend to have a little bit higher closing costs. Sometimes with a VA loan, you can roll some of those into your mortgage. Mm-hmm. And the seller is allowed with FHA and VA to pay up to 6% towards your closing costs. So you can get, you know, a little bit less money out of pocket. Once again, that's going to put you at a disadvantage if you are in a multiple offer situation. So upfront money, you know, the buyers are going to come up with the due diligence money, which is made directly to the seller, is non-refundable, but gives the buyer an opportunity to walk away from the property for and and not lose any more besides the due diligence money. Um, usually, the due diligence money, according to your price point, you know, varies. You know, 0.75 percent. You know, to you know, if it's multiple offers, the more that money is, um, the more attractive it is to the seller. Uh, the earnest money is it comes into play as well. Yeah, so there's two different checks. The earnest money is usually held in an escrow account. Uh, once again, those two numbers combined, usually 1%-ish, you know, they're all um, negotiable. Um, but you're going to have that money up front. That money is credited towards you if you buy the property, though, towards your down payment and closing costs. Um, home inspections, you know, another big one, you know, you're looking you know, usually in the $500 to $750 range according to how many inspections you have done. Uh, whether you do a termite inspection, which usually is, we always advise because they're not that expensive, usually 50 to $75 for a wood-destroying report, um, as well as a radon test. In a lot of areas here in our in the triad area, we do have issues with radon. So for usually $100 $150, you can get a radon test done. Um, and then obviously your home inspection, which is the big one where they kind of look through all the systems of the house, those type of things. And they usually do want to be paid up front um, just because they've, they've done their job. And if you back out of the house, good luck trying to you know, get them paid. So they do usually want to be paid up front. And, and then an appraisal um, comes into play as well. Most of the time, once again, the appraisers, you know, they usually get paid for that appraisal before they go out. Um, and that's usually in the five to $600 range unless there's, you know, apartment building or something like that. So I think that's really good advice, especially for somebody who's a first-time home buyer who's never been through it before. I remember... Uh, this had to have been several years back when my wife and I bought our first home, um, you know, here in High Point. And I think I knew about three of the things on the list that you mentioned. I didn't know about all of them. And so then it's like, you had this feeling of like, am I being nickel and dime? But it's like, no, you're not being nickel and dime because you know that it has to be done, but you were just unprepared, Ben. So like, you know, and so I think to that point of what you were saying, this is really, really good advice. And one of the things that we're offering now here at Dixon and Company is this first-time homebuyers program. And so where we can kind of help, especially first-time homebuyers, go through and understand 
all the small details, the fine details of everything that you just mentioned here on the podcast. Sometimes people need more information, and that's perfectly fine, but we really want to partner with people like you um, who, who know the market, who know what the process is going to be like, and help people get into that home within the next 12 to 18 months. So I really appreciate you saying you know that. And, and hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast and thinking about buying a home in the next 12 to 18 months, you feel compelled to reach out to somebody like Jonathan here or even Tyler and I and say, hey, look, yeah, this all makes sense to me. You know, what do I need to do next? So Yeah, so speaking of that, before we get into the seller's costs, uh, what, if, somebody, if somebody wanted to reach out to you to be able to have a conversation, say they're trying to either buy or sell in the triad, How's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I, I'm, my cell phone is with me all the time. Um, okay. And I've got email on there as well, obviously. So, uh, But my cell phone number is 336-918-0226. That's 336-918-0226. Email is Jonathan Key Holmes. J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-K-E-Y-H-O-M-E-S at Gmail. So, um, and that's the best way to reach me. You know, that's, we've got you know, Banner Team Properties on, on social media and, and J. Key Holmes NC on Instagram, all those kind of things. But, you know, still the best way to reach me is going to be, you know, calling or texting. So Perfect. Yeah, we just, we love knowing that the people that are coming in as guest speakers, we know that they're experts in their field. And so, like what Ben said, we really appreciate your time. So moving on now to the seller side, if you're a seller in this market, mm-hmm. what kind of costs can you anticipate selling? Yeah. Well, and everybody wants to, so when you sell a home, any liens associated with that home. So whether that's first mortgage, second mortgage, um, you know, any kind of tax liens that are, you know, associated with you, uh, you have to pay those off. So I think everybody pretty much knows that up front. You know, you got to pay your mortgage off if you sell the home, right? Uh, beyond that, the biggest cost is going to be the commission. Uh, commissions are all negotiable, but typically in, in the 6% range, you know, we can't, we can't fix those, but, you know, it's usually around that 6% range. Uh, 3% of that goes to the buyer side. So that's what keeps the buyers buying a house. They, they don't have to come out of the money, you know, come out of pocket, excuse me, with that money. Um, you do have to pay your taxes for the year. So taxes will be prorated. So you will pay through the day of closing uh, the taxes for your part, even though most likely you will have that in an escrow account. Your lender will refund the money in your escrow account within 30 days. So you will have to come up with that at closing. Um, you have a small fee for preparing your your seller documents uh, to the attorney. Usually, you're in the $150 range. Uh, that's the deed, 1099, a lien waiver, uh, you know, just things like that 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 they will prepare for you. Um, and there is an excise tax; they call it our transfer tax in North Carolina, which is $2 for every thousand of the purchase price. So, if you sold your home for $250,000, that would be $500, just as a is an easy general, you know, easy way to think about that. Uh, and that's most of it. You know, there can be some repairs or something like that negotiated with the buyer that you may come out of pocket with. Um, but those are the, you know, the taxes, the, you know, your HOA may have a transfer tax. Usually that's paid by the buyer. Sometimes it's paid by the seller just as a, you know, like a general fund, you know, type of thing if you do have an HOA. But it's usually not a huge fee. So, so what are you seeing with regards to negotiation in this type of a market? You know, are buyers having any sort of negotiating power at all with sellers right now or are sellers in the driver's seat? So sellers are definitely in the driver's seat. Uh, if a home has been on the market for a little while and, and by a little while in this market, we think maybe a couple weeks, yeah. um, which is crazy to even think about and say. Um, but yeah, so if the home has been on the market for a little while, uh, if it does need some repairs, you know, things like that, and, and there's not multiple offers on the property, then there is still some room for negotiation. 
Um, obviously, if you're in a multiple offer situation, uh, then you want to put your best foot forward, and the seller, is, you know, may want to negotiate some small terms. You know, maybe the some dates here and there, or you know, the amounts of some earnest money, due diligence money, things like that. Um, but yeah, if you're in a multiple offer situation, which you know, right now. Um, most homes are, um, then, then there's not a lot of negotiating for the buyer to be done. It's unfortunate, but uh, it is what it is right now. Any, any last tips, any last insights, Jonathan, from your side? I mean, I, I know for our end, this has been super informative. But Yeah, well, and I really appreciate you guys having me on. I've, I've enjoyed my time and enjoying getting to know you guys a little bit better. Um, as far as preparing your home for the market, yep. you know, the sooner the better. Uh, there's little things that you can do to make your home more attractive. Uh, any repairs that can be done, if you have the um, the control over who does that, then usually you can do it cheaper. You know, somebody can have their handyman, re- you know, replace a you know a little plumbing leak or a little small electrical thing that can be done very easily for cheap. Whereas if you have to call in a licensed plumber, electrician, those type of things. So any of those things that can be done before they come up in a home inspection and time is of the essence. You know, we try to get those things taken care of beforehand. Um, and so just yeah, just just calling us out to the house, you know, months or two before you list. Uh, can a lot of times save you some money, make you a little bit more prepared about what the process is going to look like and how long things take and all that type of thing. So, You actually just hit uh, the nail on the head when you talked about kind of a time frame for kind of getting prepared. So a lot of times I know when Tyler and I are having a conversation with a client or a prospect, you know, it, it comes up, okay, the, the time frame for when they want to try and get into a mm-hmm. home, you know, within the next, you know, 12 to 18 months or even sooner. Um, you know, is that one to two month time frame? Um, realistic for for most potential buyers out there right now in today's market or or should they even be trying to think about this even ahead of that i would definitely be thinking about it ahead of time and i tell people you know a lot of times when people come to me especially if they're a first-time home buyer or somebody who's currently renting you know their lease runs out at a date and so we have usually a deadline there um and and not everybody's in that situation and it's fortunate if you're not uh, but I would say definitely more than two months. We need to at least start looking um, at a few houses just so that you'll know what you could want to pay for a house and what you want in a house is realistic. Um, or do you need to change your time frame or do you need to change your budget? And so we'll look at a few of those things. Um, but in this market, especially in, in most price points, uh, just with the lack of inventory, I would say start looking three to four months in advance of a deadline. Um, most of the time, if you're getting financing, which most people are, um, you're looking at 30 to 45 days to close. And so that's from the time of contract. And so you need to have the house picked out, get it under contract, and, and then usually you're looking at 30 to 45 days from that point. Uh, I usually advise people, you don't want to close on the same day that you want to be out of your apartment either. You know, a lot of times people are going to want to go in there and do some paint or repairs and things like that, get the home ready, get a good a deep cleaning, um, and, and try to keep the stress levels down a little bit. So I usually advise people to have at least a week of where you own your home before you have to be out of your other dwelling. That's great advice. Uh, you mentioned talking about kind of the budget for, for, for home buyers. Uh, talk to us a little bit about um, kind of that pre-qualification. And then, you know, sometimes there's there's times where people are able to get pre-qualified and they're able to get exactly kind of what they need and what they're looking mm-hmm. for. But then there's other times where people aren't. And I've seen this happen several times this year. Mm-hmm. So give us your thoughts on how to get prepared for that pre-qualification stage. Absolutely. So. I always recommend local lenders. Uh, we run into the Quicken Loans and the you know Rocket Mortgage, and some of those have good experiences. Some people do not, but I can tell you as a listing agent, if I get a local lender here um, and that prequalification from them, I'm looking at that offer in a more favorable light just because I know they're dealing with somebody who knows what they're doing, and they are usually, they will give you their cell phone if it's a broker most of the time, whereas you may be working with somebody from Quicken who's in Arizona, not even on the same time frame. 
And so um, we, we do always recommend local lenders, most of the time brokers, just because they have more options. Um, there's lots of good, great local banks as well. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, but there are certain ones that we advise against. I'm not going to do that today. Sure. Um, but it's, there's certain ones that we just have problems with meeting timeframes. And so if you get a good local um, you know, mortgage broker, that's going to make your offer look better to a, to a seasoned agent who, who has dealt with a lot of these banks in the past and knows which one meets deadlines and which ones don't and which ones gives good customer service and which ones don't. So um, getting that, you know, most of the good ones can get you something pretty quickly. Um, there's a difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval. Pre-qualification, you've just kind of, here's what we've got, you know, you're just verbally telling them a lot of your assets and your debts have not been confirmed. Maybe they've pulled your credit and they know, yes, your credit score will qualify, but as far as your income and your assets and your debt load, you know, that necessarily, they're just taking your word for some of that stuff. And you may or may not have forgotten something or there may be a lien out there that once they start digging into it, we ran into one recently where, a lady was trying to get a loan and she she got pre-qualified online and uh, everything was running smoothly until they dug into her file and she had a current home that was uh, in forbearance because of COVID and she hadn't paid a mortgage payment in a year almost and so she was telling her bank basically well I can't pay my mortgage it's in forbearance but now I want to go get another mortgage and she had cash so you know just little things like that that a local you know if you sit down with a broker across the table from somebody or have a good phone conversation with somebody those type of questions should come up um, she she never should have wasted her money and our time um, you know if they would have known she had a loan in forbearance she, she couldn't have bought this property so she wasted a lot of time and, and money and heartache in that in that process that could have been helped by by sitting with a good real estate or a mortgage broker excuse me yeah and i think if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're you're hearing the last couple of things that Jonathan just said about, you know, getting yourself financially ready. This is probably a great opportunity for you to kind of evaluate your situation right now today and say, hey, do I need a trusted financial partner? Um, do I need to go talk to uh, an experienced, uh, you know, real estate broker like Jonathan? Do I need to go talk to a uh, financial advisor? You know, feel free. We There's resources available to you. Um, our office, you can reach us here. Um, at the office locally with Dixon and Company Wealth Management um, and do a free consultation and kind of talk about your financial strategy and where you want to be and, and how you can get on this path to home ownership or even selling a home. Um, Tyler and I would love to have that conversation with you. So our office phone number is 336-245-8626. You can also reach us on our website, www.dixonwm.com. So it's www.dixonwm.com and reach us. You can find our bios and emails there. Perfect. Jonathan, thank you again, sir. This has been a fantastic interview. We really appreciate it and enjoyed the time with you. Absolutely. I really appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, we're going to have to do another one where we bring them back and talk about uh, investment properties. Man, that was one of the things that we were talking about before we started recording. So, I'm trying to bribe them out there with some Dixon & Company (laughs) swag. So, I mean, hopefully hopefully it'll push them over the edge. Fantastic. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. This is the Financial Edge Podcast.